Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Now that game yesterday in Cincinnati, that, my friends, was a wild one. In fact, only one way to start a show after a Packers victory. I'm going to have Todd Rungan bang on his drum while kickers bang on some uprights and miss the uprights altogether and finally make one. 36-yard attempt. Crosby. Three for three today. And this one is no good from 57 yards away. McPherson's kick is, oh, the upright, no good. From the left hash, Crosby, three for four this afternoon. His kick from 51 yards out no is no good. On the first play from scrimmage in overtime, Crosby from 40, it is no good. Wide to the left, his third straight miss. 49-yard attempt for the win. McPherson's kick is off the upright. For the win. From the left hash, two minutes remaining in overtime. Crosby's kick, this time, is good. From goat to hero, Crosby wins it in overtime for the Green Bay Packers. Wow, Rowdy, what a game. Gordon Rowdy, what a game yesterday. <laughs> what a game. Yeah, I mean, how many how many times did you just sit there and go, huh? Really? Really? I, I, I started I laughing. I almost tweeted out. So after uh, Mason Crosby hit that uh, game winner just, the, <laughs> just a couple weeks ago, I tweeted yeah. out the man with the golden foot, yeah. Mason Crosby. I wanted to tweet out. If you would have missed that last one, I had it all ready. We're going to amputate man it? Man with the broken foot. Oh, I thought you were going to say amputate the leg. It's done. What? Dude. Would you say that those wow. kickers in Cincinnati yesterday were experiencing extreme weather? Um... <laughs> Because I don't think so. I don't think I so either. I think it was bad. I don't think it was bad at all. I don't think there was extreme weathers. But, Rowdy, there was a lot of uh, delayed winning, was there not? Man. Wow. The game that we witnessed yesterday, has there ever been a game with that many missed field goals? I, I would love... So I, I, I don't even know if the research department can figure that out. So I laughed a little bit because um, almost every... Every Sunday, you'll see a Ben Kenny tweet that says, "Oh, I got the over three and a half field goals in this game." Like, yeah. he's—I guess he claims that it's more fun to watch. Uh-huh. I wish he would have had over three and a half field goals made in that game because the pain from that would have been hilarious. Yeah, it would have been great. <laughs> what you... about what about McPherson celebrating? Yeah, what he what he clearly. What did he say after the game? McPherson thinks he hits the game winner. It literally hit the the to the left of the field goal post, obviously, and it hit the flag, like the what, how it tells you what the way the wind's blowing. It hit the flag, and he's celebrating like he just won it. And then he looks down, and the referees are both going the no field goal, sim, you know, the signal. And then he, after the game, wrote he said he thought that the referees were playing a joke on him. 
that he indeed made it and the refs were just playing a joke on him because of all the missed field goals. No, well, dude, you just missed it. Well, so I was sitting there <laughs> watching the game it. with a buddy and I get up and I go, I think he missed it. And he goes, oh my God, he made it ah. because he's, he saw him celebrating yeah. and I was watching the ball and I swear to God I know. that it went just left. I did the same thing. I'm like, well, he missed it. And then it, the camera cut to him celebrating. And I'm like, what is this dude celebrating? I'm thinking to myself, did I miss something? And then all of a sudden, reality slowly started to seep in for McPherson as he saw the refs giving the no good, no good. And then I'm like, all right, let's do it again. Uh, our guy Packers JT says, could you watch the last kick? I could not. Uh, yes, I did watch it. It was the that was the best part of the game. I was dying laughing, like I was la- I was literally laughing while this was going on. At first, I was disgusted. And then as they kept missing field goals, I, you know what, I'm like, you know what, let's just turn this into a comedy. And I just was laughing. Aaron Rodgers, a beast. Devontae Adams, a beast. Uh, Matt LaFleur, kind of, and we'll talk about this. I saw a very interesting article uh, early this morning, Rowdy, when I was uh, sipping some coffee. And it was it was this, Packers hang on, but LaFleur again takes the ball from Rodgers' hands. Uh, they Sports Illustrated, which has definitely fallen from Grace's wanted to make a big stink about how LaFleur didn't trust Rodgers to win it. And that's why we saw what we saw uh, yesterday in Cincinnati. We'll talk about that, but Rodgers was great. Devontae Adams was phenomenal. I think he had a career high, 206 receiving yards. Like, Devontae was unconscious. And we saw, what, A.J. Dillon kind of rumbling a little bit, but the story is going to be of the game, right, Rowdy? It's going to be the missing of the field goals. I mean, what do you take away from that win? Like good teams find ways to win, or the Mason Crosby left ten points off the board. <laughs> and don't forget, Mason Crosby missed an uh, an extra point. What was that in the second quarter? And he also whiffed on the freaking coin toss at overtime. That was not a day for Mason Crosby yesterday, Rowdy. But then he does get redemption. I saw you tweeted up Mason Crosby redemption. Did you feel like he got redemption, or just like, yo, dude, what the hell was that? Like, are you a liability? Well, Mason Crosby over his entire career has been a really good kicker. Yes. Besides, like what, 2012? Well, that's that's what I was gonna bring up. Every time you see a game like this from Mason Crosby, which is very few and far between, most of the time it's like one game a year. Mm-hmm. But you always go back to, oof, is he about to just go on some tear where he can't make a field goal? Because that was, I think it was 2012, where he literally made like. Half of his field goals. Yeah, then the Packers messed with his money. They like made his contract. They they messed with his money, and then Mason Crosby came out gangbusters after that. Uh, what did he made? What was it? He made like twenty nine straight leading up to that point yesterday, where he just started missing everything. Was well, it even I mean, that windy? It, not only was it field goals, but it was also extra points where he had those long, yeah. long streaks of uh, not missing and did both extra points. And then uh, he also, like I said just a little bit ago, whiffed on the coin toss for overtime. I thought, man, now, now, Rowdy, on Friday when we were giving our score predictions, um, I, I do recall myself saying that it would come on the leg of him. It was going to be a close game, and Mason Crosby was going to win it for the Packers on the leg of Crosby. But I did not foresee, and I don't think anyone did, obviously, uh, what we saw yesterday of Crosby missing all those field goals. I mean, the dude missed three straight potential winning field goals. Then the 49-yarder lifted the Packers. McPherson, he had his opportunities as well. He kept missing. What he, McPherson missed with 26 seconds left, and then again in overtime. 
Yeah, Joel, because what, Devondre Campbell picked off Joe Burrow, set up the field goal for Crosby, missed it. McPherson missed his, and then Crosby eventually made it. I just, wow, what a game. What do you take away from that game, Rowdy? Like, is that good teams finding a way to win? Or is it, besides, you know, take away Mason Crosby. Well, I mean, don't take away Mason Crosby, but take away, like, him missing the field goals. Just the Packers couldn't put themselves into a better position to win instead of go to overtime. Like, what's your takeaway from that? Is good teams find ways to win, or we got trouble brewing for the Green Bay Packers? On to Chicago. Ooh, Bill Belichick. Little Bill Belichick. Go On to there. Chicago. Wasn't a, wasn't a very pretty game overall. No. Well, one, obviously the kicking. I feel like we've <laughs> talked about that enough already. <laughs> then you talk about the defense, which I know you're down a lot of players, but yeah. the secondary... Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Jamar Chase was balling. I mean, they couldn't stop Jamar Chase. And then it always seemed like in a huge situation. Now, Higgins and, and Boyd didn't have great games, but they found clutch catches. Yeah. Like back-breaking catches. That one where Eric Stokes was on Jamar Chase and like Stokes like kind of batted the ball or whatever happened and Jamar Chase like had it and then it bounced out of his hands and then he, I don't even know how the dude caught it, then caught it again and then he sprinted off. No, he obviously was down, but at first it was so bang, bang, he thought he maybe sprinted off to the end zone. That was a wild catch. Well, what about just Jamar Chase all of a sudden flipping his hips out, catching the ball and getting two feet in when they originally... Uh, waved him off as saying it was incomplete because he was out of bounds, and then they go watch it. He clearly caught it. That was a that was a sick catch, dude. Jamar Chase is a baller. Well, uh, I mean, this was the guy that when he was a, a true sophomore at LSU with Joe Burrow, he was clearly the best receiver on the field. And oh yeah, the other receiver that was also on that field, Justin Jefferson. He's been pretty damn good in the NFL too. He's also been really good. Yeah, Vikings. By he the was way, nineteen. Yeah, Vikings. By the way, get a uh, last second field goal to beat the Lions out of the NFC North, and the Bears take down the Raiders, twenty to nine. So we'll do a little NFC roundup uh, later on in the show today, as well as you know looking around the NFL. Some crazy games, crazy games yesterday. What a what a wild NFL Sunday, Rowdy. That was a that was a fun one. Did you what'd you do over the weekend? Did you just kind of chill on the couch, work on the ass groove on the recliner, and and soak it all in? Yeah. So Friday night we were at Church Key. We watched the uh, Milwaukee Brewer game there. We watched them win. And then I ended up going out with some friends after. And then Saturday, I pretty much had a couch weekend. The rest of the weekend, watched a bunch of college football. Then Sunday went over to a buddy's house. College football is wild too on Saturday. My God. Went over to a buddy's house on Sunday, and he's got the red zone. Yeah. So we basically just crushed red zone the whole time outside of the Packer game. Yeah, Lit Bucky on Twitch, twitch.tv, my name Ebo says, hit the follow button. Oh yeah, Lit Bucky says, I was watching the red zone yesterday. There were so many missed field goals all over the league. I think there was something in the water. It was, wa- it was a wild football weekend. Saturday, college football was absolutely nuts. The Red River shootout rowdy, the Red River showdown, the Red River rivalry, whatever you want to call it, was probably, did you watch that game? That was probably one of the greatest college football, not probably, that was one of the greatest college football games, unless you like defense, that I have ever watched. That was nuts. Did you see any of that game? I, I didn't really watch that game. I actually had Wisconsin on. Yeah, I had, well, yeah, I saw, well, I had Wisconsin on a little after that. I was doing something for Twitch for the Red River Showdown. Uh, it was a fun time uh, with two super yeah, fans. heavens forbid you call it the shootout. Yeah, well, 18, I think it was 18, is it AT&T that got the rights? Yeah, they 
I said that as soon as Apple changed the gun emoji to a squirt gun, then we weren't getting it anymore. Uh, to quote Charlton Heston Rowdy, you can pry this gun out of my cold, dead hands. But the Red River showdown was nuts. Nuts. And then you had Texas A&M take down Alabama. That was wild. That, that was nuts. Iowa, Penn State. Iowa, Penn State was wild. We might have a D-bag of the week stemming from Iowa and Penn State. I'll save that for later on in the show. i got to get your take on it, Rowdy, for Iowa and Penn State. And then it wasn't anything too exciting, I guess, but Wisconsin rumbled their way to a 24 to nothing victory over the Fighting Illini of Illinois and Brett Bielema. And then I think the more, the more dramatic thing out of that game happened actually yesterday as another running back for the Wisconsin Badgers has now been dismissed from the team. Say goodbye to Jalen Berger. He is no longer a Wisconsin Badger. He is done. Antoine Roberts, Loyal Crawford, say bye-bye. And now Jalen Berger, he's gone. Wow. He didn't play a single snap rowdy out of the 61 times that they carried the ball against the Fighting Illini. Yeah, and you could see him on the sidelines uh, during that Illinois game. Never even had a helmet. No. Didn't look like he was uh, going in at all. He's the third scholarship running back to leave the team and the second one that was kicked off. As Loyal Crawford dismissed in August following an altercation where he didn't want to dance, he wanted to polka, eat a knife. As uh, the fellow freshman running back Antoine Roberts got into a scuffle with him, uh, Roberts eventually was suspended and then hit the transfer portal. Did you see where he went? I can't remember. Couldn't Do- tell you. Doesn't matter. As now Jalen Berger is gone. Braylon Allen kind of looked apart though, didn't he? Saturday rowdy, he was looking good. Yeah, especially for a kid that's seventeen. <laughs> that's the craziest part. Uh, so we'll talk some Wisconsin football coming up as well, and then there's this N L D S. Brewers, Braves going to Atlanta now. And this is something that left me scratching my head. Now, either the Brewers were going to play at 12.07 or was it like 3.37? And they didn't find out till last night when the White Sox eventually beat the Strohs. So, I, I mean, I'll talk about, we'll talk about it coming up a little bit. But more so, you got Freddie Peralta on the mound this afternoon opposite of Ian Anderson for Game 3 of the NLDS, and we need to do something to bring the Brewers' sticks around, Rowdy. Because after that 3 to nothing loss at American Family Field on Saturday, I got, I'm a little troubled with the Brewers and their uh, offense. What about you, brother? Yeah, I mean, in two games, they've scored two runs, and it's come on one Rowdy Tellez swing. Yeah, I'm a little nervous. A little nervous. But they're healthy. Hey, they're, they're healthy. We chose health over momentum. And right now, um, at least as Rowdy said, at least they're healthy. Uh, but they are tied one apiece in the NLDS. Uh, so, Nels, I mean, besides I mean, working on the NAS group, did you have like a favorite game you watched over the weekend? Did you have a favorite like experience? Or was it just being off work and taking I it actually, all in? Uh, well, obviously I had a ton of different football games on since, like I told you, I didn't really leave the couch too much <laughs> past uh, – Friday at 11. Yeah. Or, or, sorry, Saturday at 11 in the mm-hmm. morning. Um, I'm going to say the Iowa-Penn State game was pretty wild. I also watched Michigan-Nebraska. The Alabama, yeah, that was a wild game. Alabama. I, I almost watched all of them. <laughs> Jalen Berger is done for the Wisconsin Badgers. The third scholarship running back to be shown the door. Well, I guess... 
another one got kicked off. The other one, Antoine Roberts, hit the transfer portal because he was suspended. Yeah, when when they say I, it's the third running back to leave, no, two were kicked off, didn't leave. Yeah, one left. Yeah, one one left. Two were dismissed. Said, we gave the old. There, see there's a difference between leaving and being dismissed. So Wisconsin in their 24 to nothing uh, rundown of Illinois, they ran the ball 61 times and were just rumbling. Chesma Lucy looking nice. Braylon Allen also looking nice, but 17. Said what? He's 17. Yeah, yeah. How he said that earlier? He reclassified to move up a year. He is 17. He is 17 he years old. He is a rumbler. But of those 61 carries, Jalen Berger never stepped on the field once. And Rowdy, you said he never even had his helmet on. No, dude. There was times where they would pan the sideline, mm-hmm. and you would see Jalen Berger over because they kept showing Braylon Allen. Obviously, mm-hmm. the guy he was having his career day. They kept panning the sidelines, and you'd see some of the running backs that were standing over there. Jalen Berger literally never had his helmet on whenever they panned to the sideline, and I saw him, and he looked like he was just blankly staring onto the field. Some of the he had his hands at his side, or even kind of like behind his back, just like staring off into the field, looking so disinterested, like he didn't want to be there and knew he was never going in. Yeah, it was uh, the fall from grace from Jalen Berger almost makes you. Like speechless about it, the Badgers put up 391 yards on the ground, 268 yards and two tutties from Malusi and Allen. That gave Wisconsin two 100-yard rushers for the first time since 2018. Stats are just a thing, though. That's what Brett Bielema said, right? Yeah, stats are leading into that game. Stats are just statistics. I believe that was the quote. So it was (laughs) Jalen Berger done, four-star recruit out of New Jersey. And we were thinking we'd be getting a, a Chesberger this season, but now it's he's gone. So Ches, Ches Allen. Yeah, Ches Allen, whatever. He's done. This is yeah. what. Well, and Paul Chris made no comment, and he'll speak later today, I guess, but he made really no comment about it yesterday. I was trying to put together once I saw the news, like the Jalen Berger timeline. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of what I came up with. So we knew coming in that he was a, a guy that they said, you know, wasn't really a weight room guy. He was a really talented athlete, really good running back out of New Jersey, but he was never really like the kid that loved the weight room. Mm-hmm. And then he gets here freshman year, and it was the worst running back room that I've ever seen at the University of Wisconsin-Madison since I started watching in 98. And it was it was terrible. Room. Tough scene. And go back they would never... A lot further than that. They would, <laughs> they would never, ever, ever give him more than 15 carries. And we're like, what the hell are, is up with that? Well, it's probably because he wasn't a guy that was totally into practice, totally into the weight room, and they're like, we can't just give this kid and set this precedent that just because he's talented, he's going to come in here and completely uh, run the football every single time. Like trying to, I, I don't probably for lack of better phrase, like learn a lesson, and it was weird. And then I actually ran into a, a guy that, that does a lot of strength training and he works out with some of the former Badgers and stuff. And I asked about if any of them had said anything about Jalen Berger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there were multiple guys on record that he had talked to that said he was literally the laziest player on their team. Ooh. He did not like going to practice. He did not like practicing. He did not like lifting weights. He did not like going to the weight room. 
and sometimes he wouldn't. Not going to be a recipe for success yeah, if you want to be a college exactly. NFL athlete. Or even go on to the next level. Yeah. And But what did we hear this summer? That Jalen Berger got into the weight room. He put some looked like on. he put on some weight Bruh. in his lower body. You know, it was supposed to be all the all this positive stuff. And then all of a sudden, it came to fall camp. It, it came to the season, school starting again. And all of a sudden, he wasn't getting any handoffs. He wasn't getting any touches. Nothing he really wasn't playing. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you saw a guy that did get in the weight room in the summer. And then once everything started happening again, like the classes, the training, the uh, weights, things, are practices, back up. yeah, um, treatment tables, everything that they have to go to. I wonder if once all of that uh, became a thing and instead of just having to go to random practices here and there and then the weight room, it was almost like, oh, this is too much for him. Yeah, and I don't know. he just stopped going to practice. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. obviously there was a disconnect. Yeah, so somewhere along the line, the the coaching staff didn't feel comfortable putting him out on the field, and yeah, well, yeah uh, we saw that right away. I Game mean, one against Penn State. I think there are rumors going around um, that I've even heard that yeah, he he is lazy off the field. Yeah, uh, he doesn't he isn't doing what it takes uh, to earn playing time. Correct. Uh, we have our, our guy Otis here on Twitch.tv. Search my name, Ebo. Says what the follow button. Otis says, if you believe Reddit at all, which I do sometimes, a burger was missing meetings, wasn't trying hard, and kind of couldn't keep his nose clean for some stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, you'll still have enough people to be like, he's a good player. He can do that. No, you can't. Well, you can be a good about, player. You just got to put the work in. Yeah. We talked about how he wasn't a big lifter, could have been missing practices and other stuff like that. We also forget, remember, we you briefly touched on it. The two other running backs, one that was kicked off and the other one that put himself in the transfer portal and left. Mm-hmm. Remember the rumor was he was the guy that was filming it. Yeah, yeah. That was there that was, was kind that of the. There is a video the up there, but it's not out. So. Yeah, so I mean, that's not a hundred percent saying that Jalen Berger did do that, but there were whispers saying that yeah. that could be a thing as well. And I mean, all of that, not liking, not liking to be in the weight room, not liking to go to practice extracurriculars outside of football. Doesn't sound like you're long for the football world, Rowdy. And unfortunately, <laughs> you know where he's going to wind up? Rutgers. I put, 100% yeah, Rutgers. I put money Rutgers. on Rutgers. Uh, let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Good morning. Happy Monday. Hey, Scotty. What's up, dude? Happy Monday, guys. How you doing? Scott. Scott. Are you sitting down for this one? Yes. I'm on cloud nine. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm living the dream. I got a, I got a question for you. Before the Badgers played Illinois, yeah, what was the Illinois rank? Do you remember? They're, they weren't. They weren't number three. Okay. Now, now here's okay. Here's my question: Is is the Badgers look better? or Illinois just look worse? Oh, both. The ba- I mean, both. Yeah. Yeah. Badgers uh, were rumbling, Scott. They were rumbling. Graham Mertz looked. The offensive line actually looked like they wanted to hurt somebody. And Illinois' front seven isn't that bad. They had been doing pretty good on pressures and things like that, and they weren't able to actually get pressure and, on the O-line, which and was Graham surprising. And Graham Mertz looked good handing the ball off. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. You okay? You are right? Allergies? Why aren't the Green Bay Packers using Moving more the frog? What, Scott? Why aren't the Packers using more screenplays? I don't know. I'll call the floor up and ask. It's never really been a part of their game for like a majority of the time the floor has been here. We'll have to call the floor. I've, I've, unless I'm 
forgetting plays, which very well could because we'll call up Rodgers. We'll call up Rodgers and uh, Matt. Didn't they run a tight end screen, Scotty? Yeah, yeah, they did that once in a while. But sideline. Yeah, didn't Big Dog get it? I thought it was kind of a screen. You know, I I kind of miss the old Aaron Rodgers. Okay, the one where he's like a proper haircut. Like 2015 yeah. version, me too. I like the I like the, the 2011. I like Aaron the Rogers. Aaron Rodgers got long hair and probably takes psychedelics. I, I kind of like that. I like my Aaron Rodgers as a baby. Wait, what's your favorite Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> my fa- my favorite Rodgers is right now, Scotty. The guy looks like he's taking like some psychedelics <laughs> and he's just being a t shirt. He's kind of just chilling. I kind of like that Rodgers. <laughs> I don't think you know. I, I, I was think, 15 when he was just lighting it up. I think now that he's a three time MVP, I, I I think he kind of coasts a little bit before when he was trying to. Trying to get his titles, he was a little more ruthless, for lack of a better word. What's your favorite version of Rogers? Uh, Olivia Munn Rogers, a Danica Patrick Rogers, or a Shailene Woodley Rogers, or a single Rogers? Danica Patrick. Yeah, I'm actually going to go with the wild card. I liked when he was linked to uh, the CJ from the newer Baywatch. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. very briefly. Yeah. Very briefly. Mm-hmm. Who did the? Who it was a small Gemini window of time, Scott. Yep, that's right. Who did Gemini Dream? What'd you say? Who did the song Gemini Dream? Oh, um, I don't know. The Moody Blues. That's right. They, I was going to give you a hint. They get the sons of voice. Okay, rock and roll band. You better get this. Rock and roll band. That's um Boston. Your favorite yeah. band. Flirting with disaster. That's um Molly Hatchet. That's right. I shot the sheriff. But I didn't shoot the Bob deputy. Marley. Bob Marley or slow hand Eric Clapton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Warren uh, G. Uh, did you hear how he got that name? <laughs> yeah. He takes uh, forever to tune. He takes forever to put strings it, back on his guitar. Yep. Yep. Scott, yep, I've and- tuned a lot of conversations out over my life, but I even remember that one. <laughs> well, Scott, you better hurry. I say the boys are back in town. Thin Lizzie. We did Rocky Mountain Way. The Eagles. No. Or John Joe Walsh. That's right. Hot girls in love. How hot are they? Man from Canada. Lover oh, boy. boy. Yeah. Keep yourself alive. Me every day. Squid, or, uh, squid game. Queen. That's right. Blue Jean. What? Blue Jean. David Bowie. Yep. Don't bring me down. Don't bring me down. ELO. Right. Love you guys. Happy Monday. Love Happy you. Columbus Day. I'm sorry? Happy what? Happy Columbus Day. Indigenous People's Day. Oh, is it both of those? Yeah. It's Columbus Day. Yeah. Yeah, it's also and, uh, it's in, Indigenous in, Peoples Day. Scott, Christopher Columbus sailed over here so we could get 20% off J.C. Penney's. Go get them. Woo. Yeah. See you, buddy. Uh, See you, Scotty. I always, like, I always laughed at those, like, uh, like Columbus Day. Everyone celebrates, let's go get 20% off department stores. Well, everybody does that. <laughs> I mean, every Labor Day, Memorial Day, Fourth like, of July Day sale. Yeah, if Columbus didn't sail over here, Honestly, we never, we never got twenty percent off of that. There, uh, the were red. Some, there were some people out there who celebrated Rowdy's birthday with a sail. I just celebrate every day uh, normally. I'm not. Gonna I'm alive. Lie. When I think of Columbus Day, I think of you, me, and Dupree, and him talking about if they get it off, and if they don't, it's probably not going to work for him working there. <laughs> There's a lot of things we always reference in this show, and you, me, and Dupree has been one of them for the past couple of weeks now. What a movie. When he's in there, I just die laughing. What about Columbus Day? You, you guys get that off? You don't? Know, the job interview? I don't know if I'm going to be able to work here.
Uh, Leif Erickson came over here first in the Vikings, so take that, Columbus. Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code THEZONE125. You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. What do you think of Paul Brown Stadium? That's where the Cincinnati Bungles play. What do you think of Paul Brown Stadium? Extreme weather there yesterday. That's what the kickers were saying. Uh, Many are saying that Southwest canceled all their flights because of the extreme weather coming out of Cincinnati. I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but it was very windy. And Mason Crosby seconded that. Yeah. That's why all the flights were canceled, because of the extreme weather uh, emanating from Paul Brown Stadium. There was just 90-mile-per-hour winds coming out of there, which affected the whole country. Here's a, take a listen to, uh, I, I put a little music underneath it. Uh, hopefully you can appreciate it. 36-yard attempt. Crosby, three for three today. And this one is no good. From 57 yards away. McPherson's kick is, oh, the upright. No good. From the left hash, Crosby, three for four this afternoon. His kick from 51 yards out is no good. On the first play from scrimmage in overtime, Crosby from 40. It is no good. Wide to the left, his third straight miss. 49-yard attempt for the win. McPherson's kick is off the upright. For the win. From the left hash, two minutes remaining in overtime. Crosby's kick, this time, is good. From goal to hero, Crosby wins it in overtime for the Green Bay Packers. Have you ever experienced a game like that, Rowdy? Well, earlier in the show, you're like, how would you describe that game and just the last, I guess you would say, like four minutes of regulation and overtime? Mm-hmm. And I know right away I said confusing. And you I said interesting. Yeah. Perplexing. It, um, I still don't really puckering. know exactly what to say about it because it was hilarious. It was hilarious. flashing up like... Oh, three field goals missed in the last two eleven or whatever it was in regulation, and then they kept flashing up four field goals missed. Yeah, you, well, I've never ever seen a game like that. And McPherson celebrating. Like well, I don't remember game. off the top of my head a game in which that many field goals, especially back to back to back to back, were missed. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. It was insane. And they can they can say that it was windy in in Cincinnati. Windy. I think we can all say we've seen way worse conditions Extreme pretty much every single year rally. in which Mason Crosby still makes a ton of field goals. I mean, do, but it was weird. He kept pulling it left. Do you think there's any coincidences? All those flights were canceled yesterday, and all the missed field goals in the NFL. It was extreme weather everywhere. Now I know the ribbons that fly on top of the field goal post to tell you which way the wind's blowing weren't really moving too much, but that's an optical illusion. There actually was extreme weather. 90 to 100 mile per hour winds just ripping through there. Now, I know you'd be like, well, how come no one's hair was even moving on the top of their heads? I never saw anything being blown around. It was an optical illusion. Okay? 
Okay. Let's hear from Mason Crosby. Crosby, after going five for nine overall, not only did Mason Crosby miss all those field goals, he also missed an extra point. And Rowdy, would you, if you were Matt LaFleur or whoever decides this, after missing all those field goals with the man being ice cold, would you have sent Mason Crosby out there to decide or to call heads or tails for the overtime coin toss? Oh, I mean, he is your captain. He's one of them. Dude, it was cold as ice. And, of course, he got it wrong. I mean, he had a 50-50 shot, but I was like, man, insult to injury right there. Uh, Mason Crosby talks about how he felt to finally convert from 49 yards for the OT win. You know, I'm uh... I'm excited right now. <laughs> you know, it's uh, you got to take joy in uh, you know in the moments. So um, you know, it's all I can think about is that last kick right now. It's uh, you know, it's uh, you see the the faces of your teammates and uh, you know what those guys put on the line to continue to get in that position. Uh, I just want to come through for them. So um, you know, they everyone has the, all the faith in the world in me, and I have all the faith in the world that uh, I'm going to keep getting those ops. So um, ops. you know, I. I'm so happy I uh, I was able to come through there at the end, and um, you know I'm going to celebrate it. And then I'm I'm a realist and I'm an honest with myself, and I'm probably my harshest critic. So I'm going to make sure that I do what I can, and uh, you know we'll clean up anything you know on the you know on the other side of uh, you know if there are any operation or uh, you know protection or things like that. But uh, you know up front those guys we we moved some guys around. The protection seemed uh, really really great all day. Mason Crosby sounds pretty happy for a guy that's like Sex Panther from um, Anchorman Rowdy. Sixty percent of the time it works. Every time, yeah. I mean, I Maybe every time he was wearing. Every time he pulled the ball and he and he pushed it uh, left, mm-hmm. I kept looking on the replays to see if it was a bad snap, bad hold, or if there were guys that were you know because we've seen that uh, the Green Bay Packers and their field goal protection has not been the best. Every time I looked. First on the snap, second on the hold, third on if it was blocked correctly or if guys were coming in and yeah. could have potentially have uh, gotten in there, tipped something, or disrupted something. Every single time, the snap was pretty good. The hold was good. And for the most part, the field goal protection was yeah. solid. It's just the extreme weather He there. just continued to hook it left. The extreme weather, Rowdy. Uh, Crosby does talk about, though, uh, what the coaches and players say to him after missing four kicks. <laughs> you know, nobody, nobody blinked in there. I mean, it was just, and you know, myself, like, I'm going to always like kind of process back through and, uh, you know, I'm going to go through my thing, but, uh, you know, I, I have every confidence that every time I'm stepping on the field, I'm going to hit a good ball and it's going to go through the upright. So I just kept reloading and we kept getting hops and, uh, you know, I was able to, you know, hit a really good ball there on the 49 yarder and just, uh, try to just smooth it through. I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do too much. I'm just going to let that wind hold it. And, uh, you know, just, uh, hit it exactly how I wanted to. I'm going to sum up, uh, Mason Crosby's career really, really simply. All right, I'm listening. Mason Crosby has been an extremely good kicker for a very long time for the green Bay Packers except for one season in 2012 <laughs> and yesterday. Yeah, uh, just a couple blips on the radar. Uh, Rowdy, you're more of a – I'm a guy that likes to – I want to say sugarcoat things. You you don't sugarcoat things, I think is what I'm trying to say. If you were a teammate of Mason Crosby and he was going out there for that final kick that eventually was the OT winner, would you have said anything to Mason Crosby, gave him words of encouragement, or tell him not to F up? Like what? What if Nelly would have done? Well, I kept continuing to see people go over there and like tap him on the butt, tap him on the shoulder, tell him he's pretty, tell him he's he's doing mm, yeah. a good job like his, here. His like salt and pepper hair was looking yeah. good. Yeah, I 
I would have been someone that never went over. I would have just sat there would and you just stare daggers like, at him from would, like down no, the bench. I'd just be like, I don't need to go over and say anything. Like, I mean, we're two professionals here. Like, if you saw the water boy going over him to give him a cup of water, would you have stopped the water boy? And said he doesn't. He yeah, doesn't. slap it out of their hand. It's like he doesn't. No, he doesn't get that. No, I would. not I wouldn't have come up and said anything. Waters for closers. He doesn't get it. It's like you know what your job is. Get it done. Here is what. Aaron Jones. I would have pa- I would have tapped Mason Crosby on the butt and told him that he, you know, but go get him, Tiger. Like you got this. This is why it was awkward when the Brewers beat yeah. the Cubs in Game One Sixty Three. Yeah, I go to hug Rowdy. He goes to like, what did you want to do when the Brewers beat the uh, Brewers? It was going to be, be like a. Were you going to like just high five me? Yeah, or? like a hand slap into like a little like. I went to go give Rowdy a big man embrace, a big man hug. Rowdy looked at me like I just like insulted his grandmother. With my hug, my affection. Well, speaking of affection, here's what Aaron Jones said to Mason Crosby. Uh, I went up to him and I, I just told him I loved him. That was it. And <laughs> he told me he loved me and he, he gave me a, a little head nod and went out there and hit the game winner. So, um, you know, you always stay with your teammates no matter no matter what. I, I had a fumble last weekend. Uh, my, my teammates had my back. Uh, so it, it's the same that goes on there and we're going to have his back. So that's what Aaron Jones, instead of, you know, Doing what Rowdy would do, just be on the other side of the, no, side of the bench. Just leave the guy alone. Aaron Jones went up and said, hey, man, I love you. <laughs> and Mason Crosby said, I love you too. And then he went out there and he kicked the field goal. Then he made it. Look at the love. Yeah, so Eric messaged in talking yeah, about this is a good extreme weather. It's a good analogy right here. McPherson from the Bengals kicking that field goal and celebrating. He reminds me of a young frat guy at the club. His buddies tell him to go up to the hottest chick there. They have a good combo for 10 minutes. She gives him her number, and it turns out to be fake. He's all super excited until he finds out it's fake. <laughs> That's a good analogy. Um, believe it or not, Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show actually said something funny. He says, in essence, one of the most impressive puke and rallies I've ever seen today came from Mason Crosby. It's like that guy, obviously, that you know when you first start getting your, your party pants on, you go out to the bars, maybe we're not used to just, as I guess some college kids would call it, binge drinking, Rowdy. And you got a guy that he's just getting after it, chugging a lot of liquor, taking shots, slamming beers, and you're like, man, this guy, you got to pace yourself, brother, it's only 9 o'clock. And then an hour later, you see him yakking his brains out in a bush somewhere, and you're like, oh, he's done. Then your buddies are back in the bar partying, and all of a sudden the door opens back up, and there's your guy again. Like you got a second win, ready to do it all over again. Hence the puke and rally. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I've 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 puked and rallied my fair share a few times when I was in my, my early twenties. Had some good stories. Yep. I've seen some things. Just <laughs> the way she goes, man. But I mean overall looking at a few drinks, saw a few things, Rowdy. Yeah. Overall looking at uh this Packer game beating Cincinnati, remember I think it was it two weeks ago, I think I said this to you. I go, you know what this team kind of looks like right now? It kind of looks like that 2019 Green Bay Packers team where it's not pretty, but they're continuing to win games. Yeah. I think that once again, I'm going to stick with that. This looks like the 2019 team where it's not pretty. Nothing seems to be clicking 100%, but they're continuing to win games in the NFL, which is tough to do. But I do have a caveat to that. What's that? They look like the 2019 team that looks ugly continuing to win games. But without some of their best players, yeah, like Jair Alexander, he could be down for the season. I yeah. think he's going to be, and and at a minimum, he's out for a long time. Yeah, he's he's on the IR right now. You have David Bakhtiari, who still has a couple of weeks until he can come back. Week seven, right? You have Elkin Jenkins, who 
He has now missed his second game. He'll be questionable, I bet, for next week. You have Zadarius Smith, who going into this season had been the, the team captain the last couple of years and your best pass rusher at outside linebacker. And he's out with a back surgery, back injury. Mm-hmm. But that right there, those are four of probably your top seven or eight players on your roster that haven't been playing, that have been out, that are hurt. Your buddy, um, one of your favorite players on the Packers current roster, Rowdy Kevin King, also left with a shoulder injury. There was a reason why I didn't mention him. (laughs) Uh, Devondre Campbell did leave in the third quarter but did return. Aaron Rodgers, I forgot exactly who it was he said it to, but they were talking about this in the press conference after the game. Rodgers pulled someone over uh, on the sideline and said, I can't believe this guy was on the street talking about Devondre Campbell. He has been a monster for the Packers ever since they picked him up, Rowdy. Yeah, and I'm excited to see what Jalen Smith can do too because obviously he was in an active Sunday. They had just acquired him earlier that week, so he really didn't have a ton of time to uh, familiarize himself with the team and the system and schemes. Mm -hmm. But he's going to be added to the defense moving forward. And, I mean, within the next week or two, you're going to be getting both Jenkins and Bakhtiari back that offensive line is going to get only better and and overall it's played pretty well for being down to like I don't know two rookies at center and right guard uh, a second year player at left guard having to go with basically your third string tackle I mean it's crazy the fact that they're winning these games yeah it has been ugly I think the defense at times looked a little soft but what are you going to do when your best corner is out? Yep. You're going into the season. Your second best corner was Kevin King. He's looked even worse. He looked like <laughs> he's, he's so st- bad. He looked like he mentally has stayed in that Tampa Bay game. He's so bad. And you have a rookie, obviously covering another rookie, but Jamar Chase is an absolute the beast. Chase, the third rookie to record five receiving touchdowns within the team's first five games of a season since 1990, joined Kelvin Ridley and Randy Moss. Yeah, he's an absolute stud. He was a stud at LSU when he was 19 years old. He's a monster. And on top of that, you also have T. Higgins, you have Tyler Boyd, so they have a good receiving core, and you're down two out of your top three corners. Mm-hmm. I thought for what they had and for the injuries – that they were suffering, I thought overall the defense played good enough to win. And, I mean, do you really think that game should have came down to a game-winning field goal? No. I mean, if, if Mason Crosby just makes his kicks prior to that, you're not even talking about a game-winning field goal. Packers are already putting that on ice. Yeah, and then it's game over. I think uh, as long as they get healthy, if they get Zedarius Smith and Jair Alexander back at all this I year. I don't know if they're getting Z back, but yeah. I hope so. What do you think is more likely? Zedarius comes back or Jair? Zedarius Smith. Yeah. He had back surgery. It what did they success. say? I think they said that, uh, oh, was it eight to 12 weeks? Something, Something like, like that. that. But, but I mean, that that's being hopeful. But still, if you can get him and Jair Alexander back by the end of the season, you're already going to get your offensive line healthy. You'd have to uh, figure that. Myers' finger will be better in in a few weeks as well. If you can get anything from Alexander and Zadarius Smith moving forward, and even Jalen Smith, who you just acquired from the Dallas Cowboys, not upside there. This team's only going to get healthier and going to get better. Yeah. Is this Andrew Wagner? Fly Eagles, fly baby. Hey, what's up, Drew? What's ha- are you in the ATL right now? 
Oh, hey, triple sorry. doink. Say it again, sorry. No, I said hey, Andrew got his own version of the double doink yesterday. Yeah, y'all, y'all can just. So what is it. what is your affinity with Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bungles? Sorry, Bengals. So what people like to, uh, I don't want to say forget because they know full well in Wisconsin. They just ignore it and pretend like it never happened. But up until 1990, I don't know, three, the Packers were horrible. No one liked the Packers. This whole lifelong, no, no, everyone hated the Packers. Aren't you a Wisconsinite? They were terrible. I am. Well, what's no wrong with you? For the Packers. No one rooted for the Packers back then because they were terrible. So my brother was a 49ers fan. My brother's an idiot. <laughs> I naturally rooted for the team that was playing my brother's team, the Bengals, who had cool helmets. Mm-hmm. Of course, he got the better end of that. Yeah. But nonetheless, it just kind of stuck with me. And, you know, when all of Wisconsin went head over heels over Rip the Fabra and, you know, started wearing cheesehead earrings and Zuba pants. Well, I'm, I'm wearing, like, a, I'm know, wearing I'm a cheesehead thong. I'm wearing a cheesehead thong right now. Yeah, man, we're going to talk about your uh, couture that I keep seeing on Facebook next time I come up to Madison because you, you you are a scary individual. My and I got, started, I got started gear coming out of the wazoo. Hey, Andrew, before we talk about Brewers and the Braves, now I did see that Joe Burrow went to the hospital after the game and we were thinking about him, but they said it was a throat contusion. Is that because the Bengals choked? You are you are lucky I'm in Atlanta right now. That's why you're I'd be on. I'm slapping you, son. I'm slapping you, son. Oh, you can't hurt. Steve. You know I blame I blame Steve. I blame the Packers' cheap shot mentality on cheap shot, which sets the tone, which sets the tone for their their. I just heard he had a ch- I just heard he had a choking problem with McPherson. Uh, like I don't know, McPherson didn't get it, but for some reason, well, you know, and you know what? I I heard you guys talking about um about you know what he said about like the ref, and I. I I, I have seen that before. I mean, he's a rookie kicker, so maybe the ref was giving him crap. You know, you could see that happening. But, yeah, that was a bad – that was a totally Bengals-esque day. Hot As take. someone that's grown up watching that team, that was a Bengals day. Hot take, Andrew. The the play where uh, Burroughs got up a little gimpy, not a hard hit. Just him smashing his head awkwardly. You know what? I'm 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 just gonna go ahead and say it was a you know Packers cheap shot. Let me ha- let me be an irrational fan. Let me be a sports talk listener for once. Okay. Well, can you can you put your other hat on and be a sports talk writer now and we talk some we'll Brewers? We'll only allow that type of content if you come at Craig Council. Oh, by the way, uh, Andrew, perfect perfect segue. We had a listener tweet at me. Uh, J- my guy Crab says I nominate Craig Council for D bag of the week for not having the balls to bench Yelly and play Taylor. Come on! <laughs> what would you say to that? Come besides, come on! on. Is this your first day watching baseball? You're not gonna like. There's no one in baseball that would bench Christian Yelich for God's sake. Would you say a manager? You know, would you say a manager with eyes would? It's a ridiculous. It's a ridiculous notion. As the people that have been lighting me up on Twitter telling me the Brewers need to start button something, and get some offense going. Okay, we'll get right on that. <laughs> So, Andrew, um, before we dive more into this, and the, uh, I mean, the Brewers have only scored two runs in two games. That was a Rowdy Telez swing of the bat in game one. What was uh, What were you just doing, the sights and the sounds? Were you, uh, what was just going on? Was it the media room you were in? Yeah, you know, just hanging out, sitting in the media hot tub, enjoying the media cocktails, and, you where, know. Hey, where are you doing... right now? Uh, I'm outside at Truist Park in Atlanta. I hear birds chirping. A... Yeah, it's beautiful out here. Like, this entire... It's the Deer District if it wasn't, like, cramped into downtown. It's like if you took a wide-open swath of land and built an entire, like, 
community center, shopping center, entertainment district, and a stadium right in the middle of it. Like, it's gorgeous. This is amazing. Man, I, the birds, they just – I want to be down there right now. So, uh, Andrew, when we look at the Brewers, obviously a nice little victory – uh, two to one over the Braves on Friday. What the hell uh, is going on at the sticks in that game two action at Amfam Field? I, I mean, it, it's been both both teams have pretty much stunk on offense for two games, and, and credit most of that to the pitching. Like, yeah, you know, the Brewers did not go into the postseason roaring hot with the bats, and, and that to connect the two, I think, is a little much right now because this has been an incredibly well pitched series. You know, both teams have exactly 11 hits right now. Um, both teams have scored in just one inning. Uh, I think I think Atlanta got all three of theirs in the same inning. It might have been two. But nonetheless, you know, no one has been scoring runs. No one's been getting a lot going. No one, and the Brewers have actually had more chances. You know, they put the, the, three, the two guys on in each of those last three innings but couldn't do anything with yeah. it. Um, it's, been, it's been a really, really good pitch series. You know, we talked about it last week. Morton and Freed were coming in there with breaking balls left and right, and the Brewers have a hard time with that. you got to wait for a mistake. Rowdy Tellez did. He got it. Other than that, they just haven't been getting much to hit. Uh, we have a, a question here. Uh, the King says, does Andrew Wagner get his info from a little birdie I hear in the background, or is that Twitter tweeting back at him? That might be Twitter <laughs> tweeting back at me. <laughs> with all of your Packers hatred. So, uh, Andrew, Moving forward for the crew, uh, real quick, I know what they, they're doing it because they want to get all eyes on the TV and with the Strohs and the White Sox, but do you think it's a little absurd that the Brewers can't figure out when they're going to play until like 12 hours beforehand? Like They didn't know they were going to play at 12.07 until like midnight last night. I don't think it's absurd. I think it's absolute horse feces. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it, is a dumb, it is the dumbest thing. And listen, I, I'm not going to sit here and I know the reality. Just doesn't mean I like it. I just know right. what the reality is. TV drives all this stuff. Can't change it. Not worth complaining about. But that was just stupid. You know, you're sitting here waiting till, till midnight to find out what time you're going to play. And I'm never going to be the one that says, oh, poor multimillionaires have to get off their ass and go to work. Yeah, I'm never going to be that guy. But it's a little bit different when getting off your ass and going to work means standing in a box while a guy hurls something at you at 100 miles an hour <laughs> and you have to try and hit it or not get hit by it. Like, that's... It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I can see why they stagger the games. And, like, if you're going to do it on the weekend, that's fine. Like, you know, put on the – but if you're going to have these weekday games, are you really going to lose that many viewers by putting two on at the same time in prime time than putting one on at 1 o'clock in the afternoon when, you know, most of America's at work, although apparently today is a holiday of some sort. So, okay. Yeah, I keep forgetting <laughs> that there's, like, today's a holiday or whatever. I just know I can get twenty percent off of JC Penney's now. JC Penney's still around. I th- yeah. Well, dude, I mean, for what is it, Columbus Day or Indigenous Peoples Day? But for Columbus Day, he came over here. He sailed over here to make sure we got twenty percent off of all department stores on this beautiful day of his. Buy yourself a nice pair of chinos to mark the occasion. Ooh, beautiful. Hey, so uh, anything, any news coming out of there in the presser that you were in uh, with the teams? I see Luis Arias is in the lineup. Uh, versus uh, the right-hand pitcher Anderson over Escobar today. Anything else like crazy? No, not. There's really not. I mean, nothing. Nothing that we haven't seen. You know, we thought we might get some excitement when when they were delaying the announcement of the game three started. Then it turns out to be Freddie Peralta. Yeah, we all knew you that, know, didn't as, we? As we all expected. Yeah. Well, you know, with the way the council does things, you kind of think, okay, something goofy is going to happen. And then no, 
No, nothing goofy. So um, back to uh, Yelly, we have a retort to you. Um, J.A. Krebs says, Yelly is statistically the fourth best outfielder on this team, and his at-bats are worthless. What would you say to that, Drew? I would say, are you new to watching this this game and this team and, like, sports in general? Like, what have you ever seen? Did Mason Crosby get benched after he, you know, shanked two field goals? Well, who's going to be goals? who's gonna be in Mason Crosby's place? But, but, but it's, Nobody. it's just how it works. It's like I was saying about the TV thing. You know what? You can think it's dumb, and on the surface it seems dumb, but that's just the way it's going to be. That's just how it is. Yeah. They're not going to bench Christian Yelich. I, I, I like this. The little Joe Burrow you know, uh, insults and Christian Yelich insults. We get Andrew Wagner worked up. I, I'm a fan of this. So Yeah, no one, no, one, no one insults Joe Burrow on my watch. Well, I mean, it was He's coming to my birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. Well, I'm going to send him a letter. I'm going to send him a letter with stickers like like Max sent to Chase Utley and Always Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> what a letter, too. Uh, hopefully, Burrow does come to your party at Chuck E. Cheese and choking that pizza. All right, so uh, Andrew, <laughs> what's the verdict was, on? Yeah, yeah. What? That was a good one. That was a good one. Hey, d- tell me something good or bad about the pitching matchup here, uh, Ian Anderson. What's the uh, what's the uh, the rundown on Ian Anderson. There's nothing really. Like, nothing, I, when I looked at the scouting report, he's, he's not overly impressive. Just been a you know good, consistent pitcher. He's got a pretty decent fastball. He's got to locate it. You know, it's kind of like your standard run of the mill. He, he's pretty much like Freddie Peralta. When his stuff is on, he's he's really good. He's really tough to hit. Freddie, on the other hand, you know, we got to see we got to see which Freddie shows up because he was terrific up until he went out on the IL for a little bit and he kind of struggled when he came back. Kudos to him, though. You know, yesterday when he was talking, he, he said flat out, my problem was in those last couple starts in September was I was getting tired really fast. And it makes sense because, you know, he's, he's pitched 144 innings this year. His highest previous total was two years ago when he threw 85. Last year he threw 29. He is the perfect example of why the Brewers have done what they did with their pitching staff this year. Skipping starts, giving guys the extra day in between, shutting guys down for little stretches. You know, they're hoping now that by keeping him out of action for the last two weeks or so, he's going to be refreshed. He's going to be strong. He's going to come in there sharp. You know, getting him up for for some relief work in game one uh, helped a lot because he was able to throw at some intensity. You know, he was ready to go in the game. Council was ready to put him in the game. They ended up not needing it. Um, But that also helped him maybe get those butterflies out because you know he's kind of an emotional guy. Mm -hmm. He gets fired up for moments. His first career postseason start, his family's going to be there. Like, he's going to be good to go. But if he comes out there, you know, sharp and locked in, man, it's going to be another tight, you know, one-run, two-run game. Uh, Andrew, before I let you go, sadly, and this is going to be weird to say, is it a good thing that the Brewers are on the road today for Game 3? Like, is this a good thing? Because <coughs> last I checked, they're pretty damn good on the road. Is this a good thing that they're yeah, away from Amphibian you know, Field? I, I, think, I think it is. Um, you know, you're looking at you look at the Brewers. They won 50 games on the road this year, and it's not hard to figure out why. Like one of the things that gets stressed a lot, and I, I know Council talks about this a lot, but it's really game wide because of the way the pitching is now. Because it's such a pitching driven game, and it's a power pitching game, uh, it's a location game. Your best chance to score on a guy is right off the bat. You know, that first inning or so. We saw it with Corbin Burns the other day. Obviously, he got out of it, but. You know, when a guy hasn't locked in yet, a guy doesn't have the field for all his pitches yet, doesn't have his location locked in yet, you can take advantage of that. And when you do take advantage of that, get off to an early lead, 
that lets your guy go back out there with a little bit of a cushion to work on and be settled in and go. So, yeah, I think I think that these two road games are a good thing for the Brewers. Uh, Andrew, what's on docket for you today before the game? Is there like a ritual, tradition? You do something on the road? Do you like have to go get like a certain sandwich somewhere? Like what do you do? Uh, you know, four fingers of Lagavulin, cigar, maybe yep. a massage. Hell you know. yeah. No, then go do the post-game stuff, walk around the stadium, try to find something to eat with our – our media meal and you know, what's, the media? Down and what's the media meal? They give us they give us vouchers. You know, like you, you usually you have like the the dining room, the press box, but with too many people, they just give us our little voucher and we can go wander the stands with the peasants and eat amongst the uh, eat amongst the common folk. Ah, huh, I love that, uh, Andrew. Any 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 music you want on your way out? Like anything like Cincinnati inspired or? Well, I mean, if we're gonna go Cincinnati, why not go with Bootsy Collins, baby? Oh, a little Bootsy Collins, hell yeah! All right, um, Cincinnati's biggest Cincinnati's here, biggest fan. I'm gonna go Bootsy Collins with "I'd Rather Be With You" because I would like to be in the ATL with you, with that cigar and those four fingers of liquor, and just with the common folk. Sounds good. I'd rather be with you. Have fun today, brother. Outstanding. Have All right, buddy. Today, we'll brother. talk to you soon. See, you, buddy. There he yeah. is, Andrew Wagner, down in the ATL covering the Brewers. Check him out at by Andrew Wagner on Twitter, Forbes.com. Oh, I was going to say something else to him, too, but I'll have to get him back next time. What a football weekend. We're going to talk Brewers here coming up as they need a win. They need to get their heads out of their asses and start hitting that ball. They have two runs. It's almost like players didn't play for a couple weeks. They have two runs in one game, or two runs in two games, but it comes from one swing of the stick. That would be a Rowdy Telez home run on Friday. And what a shot by Rowdy, dude. When he hit that thing, like, okay, he admired it. And from, I would have admired it, too. I'm like, hell yeah. The weird thing is, like, watching it, like, from the normal position, you know, where you're watching it from the pitcher's, uh, the batter's eye kind of angle, mm-hmm. it looked like he missed it. Like, you watch that swing, like, it looks like the ball hit. And was just a pop up. He just powered but then, that. But then you watch the angle, like that camera from the side of the plate, where you see the actual swing, and it almost looked like two different clips to me. Like I'm like, one's a, it looks like he missed it, and the side view is, it's just like, oh, he hammered that, dude. Uh, let's see here. One two. Fly ball hit it out towards deep right center field. Duvall looking up, and that ball is gone. Dude, there's nothing more smooth than when Rowdy Telez hit that bomb and then he takes his bat and he spins it and then he catches it, the other stick with his other hand. It's just the smoothest little, like, I don't know if anyone really noticed it, but it was a little boop, boop. And he just looked at it. He helped. He just looked at it as he just casually walked to first base and he started running. Like, my man, Rowdy Telez, getting it done. And that was the highlight from game one. And yeah, now if everyone two. would take a moment, we're going to play the highlights from game two. Ready? And play. And that was game two yep. for the Milwaukee Brewers. Well, I mean, <laughs> in all honesty, the Braves only have scored four runs in two games. Yeah, but the, yeah, they're doubling them up. Yeah. <laughs> RJ, I don't know if you know this, but the series is tied at one apiece now because of the Brewers are better on the road. This this is true, and the Brewers are better during afternoon games as well. Yeah, uh, I want to do news of the weird, but coming up here, but it's more like news of like the how can Major League Baseball not figure this out? So it has to do with the <laughs> MLB Network. 
Yeah, MLB Network and Major League Baseball and timing, Rowdy. And it's just kind of confusing. Well, me and my buddy, we were so we were watching football yesterday and we were talking about uh, MLB playoffs and you know how Major League Baseball has now fallen third on the sporting list behind the NFL and the NBA. Yes, sir. Yep. And it used to be America's national pastime. Yep. We were like, oh, they're Is talking about getting the game in you front of younger kids, getting you know the sport out there for everyone to see. Makes mm. sense that you'd put a playoff game on MLB Network on a Sunday. <laughs> uh, <we're> gonna... <laughs> like, are we wrong? No. Like, yeah, we're trying to grow the sport. We're trying to get it out in front of kids. On a Sunday, let's put it on MLB Network. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll talk. Have it. It's news of the weird on the way, but it's going to be Brewers flavored and weird while Major League Baseball... Just like hates themselves. Do you not love yourself, Major League Baseball? You gotta love thyself and know thyself first to grow. I feel like Rob Manford just hates his own sport. I don't get it. Uh, welcome back in. Thanks, Andrew Wagner. You literally could hear the birds chirping you in could. the back there. Uh, it's supposed to be beautiful today in Atlanta. I think it's supposed to be. Is it rainy today here in uh, little old Madison, Wisconsin, Rowney? Let's see. I'm gonna pull up my weather app. Wasn't raining this morning when I drove oh, in yeah, at five thirty. We got uh, we got rain, baby, all day. Strap in. All right, no perfect day to watch some afternoon baseball. Then it's all rainy and whatnot. Uh, so J eight Krebs, one of our great listeners, uh, love me some Krebs. He's no stranger to some hot takes. He and I'm gonna go just he has three tweets and I'm gonna read it down. I nominate Craig Council for D-Bag of the Week for not having the balls to bench Yelly and play Taylor. First of all, what do you think of that tweet, Rowdy? Well, I will say this. At the end of the season, you know, those last couple weeks, Mm -hmm. when Yelly went through, well, we'll, we'll, we'll back it up to 2019, September. Back it up, Rowdy. That was the last time he was hitting the baseball, looking like an MVP form. Then we all know what happened with the broken kneecap. Then we all saw 2020. Then we've all seen now 2021. And outside of about August 8th to about September 8th of 2021, Christian Yelich and his hitting has been pretty poor. And even in that August 8th to about September 8th month-long window, there was no power production behind a lot of his at-bats. It was a lot of singles. There there wasn't a ton of, of big-time pop from Christian Yelich, but he was hitting for a high average. Outside of that one month, Christian Yelich has now played eight straight months of baseball dating back to mm. 2020, where he's had about one average month of baseball. Ooh. Yes, he hit for a high average, like I said. But does but he get was, on base? There was no pop. There was no production. It was literally a lot of singles. So, and he's terrible against off speed. He, yeah, he has not hit a home run from an off speed pitch all season, right? And and that is another thing where in 2020 he still had a lot of production, even though he didn't hit for a high average. He had a lot of production for the number of games played, and he was hitting off speed pitches. Now this year, it's gotten even worse. It's not good. And there's no production. And I remember at the last couple of weeks, I said, dude, if he doesn't hit these last couple of weeks, you have to contemplate playing Tyrone Taylor, especially against the Charlie Mortons and the Max Freeds of the world who throw a lot of breaking balls because so, Christian Yelich can't hit them. So his at-bats have been pretty worthless. Yep. And J.A. Krebs' second tweet proclaims, and 
I know right where you're going to go with this because I know the defensive war. He is statistically the fourth best outfielder on the team this year. Yeah, and he stinks defensively. Out of the five outfielders for the Milwaukee Brewers, he's statistically the worst defensively. He has statistically been the fourth best offensively, only obviously better than Jackie Bradley Jr. Mm, and that's not saying much. It's not. And what would I do with Christian Yelich personally? Like I said earlier with Ian Anderson, he's going to throw a lot of uh, fastballs and a lot of variations of the fastball, whether that be cutters or two seamers. It's going to have sink. It's going to have cut. He's going to throw a four seamer. Then he'll throw a change up and an occasional curveball after that. Well, <laughs> That's not the same repertoire as Freed and Charlie Morton, who throw a lot of off-speed pitches, a lot of curveballs. Yeah. I would play Christian Yelich today against Ian Anderson just because he's a more of a fastball guy. But against Freed, against Charlie Morton, if they see them a second time around, I wouldn't I would hundred percent be all right with seeing Tyrone Taylor come in and play. Now, he's been better defensively and he's been better offensively and limited at best. The third tweet from our guy Krebs, and he was kind of retorting to Andrew Wagner, who was just on down in Atlanta covering the Brewers, obviously, and following the team. And we'll get another recap from him coming up. But Krebs, uh, as Andrew was saying, you wouldn't bench Yelly. Like, this is, you keep him in. Well, Krebs retorts and says, it's the playoffs. It's not take care of Christian Yelich's feelings. He stinks. He lost it. I hope he proves me wrong, but I bet you he goes 0 for 3 with a walk. At least Tyrone Taylor would give you some pop. I'm not 100% on the the bandwagon of completely benching Christian Yelich because you need him, in my opinion, to be a World Series favorite, to be the old Christian Yelich, which we're just not seeing, and that's why they're not a World Series favorite. So Yelly, what, Saturday got a hit and a walk? He was on base twice? But you know me. I've never really been about uh, feelings. No, you don't care never about Never really feelings. been about uh, catering to superstars if they're playing like ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, when's literally, the last time Christian Yelich was good, COVID-19 wasn't a thing. 2019 we were in. Correct. Not we, COVID nineteen. We were, we were in the we were in the before times. We were in like when, we were in twenty nineteen. Not COVID nineteen. We were talking about like Super Bowls for the Packers, which we still kind of are. We were talking about Big Ten championships for the Badgers, which we really are. Hey, still in play. And um, still in play. The Milwaukee Brewers were coming off of an NLCS, and then in two thousand and nineteen, ended up uh, losing in the one game playoffs. Yeah, but. At the time of his knee injury, they were coming off of an NLCS. The mm-hmm. Packers were coming off of an NFC championship appearance, and the Badgers were about to lose in a heartbreaker to Ohio State in a Big Ten championship. Whoa. A lot has changed. Speaking of change, Rowdy, Ben Kenny just hit me with the breaking news. Chancellor Rebecca Blank for Wisconsin will leave UW-Madison at the end of the academic year to become the first female president in the history of Northwestern University. So, thank to this job. What's up? I I will be sending in my application to get this job. There you go, Ben. I, but it's a good day to be a badger. There it is. Just make sure you send that application on the correct email. <laughs> Benjamin, grab that mic, baby. You said it's a great day to be a badger. You just said that last segment. Is that because you had a premonition that Charlie is going to go down to the union? With all your fellow Badgers and go have some beer and watch the crew? No, I've never been a big fan of, of Becky Blank. Oh, that's why it was a great day to be a Badger. 
because yeah. she is uh, stepping down at the end of the year, going to the Northwest. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you didn't uh, get my joke then. That kind of went a little over your head. Because she's using the private email server when the Big Ten didn't want football. Remember, they thought they were going to be mm. sneaky and use the private email server. Right. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. I missed that one because Becky Blank and a couple of other uh, chancellors wanted to kill the season and kill people it's, from. It being still astounds me that last year they had the people deciding whether or not to play football, all of whom don't really know much about how the operation of football works. But I'm with you. I'm yeah. glad she's gone. Good riddance. Yeah. Great day to be a Badger. And Ben said you're going to put your resume in, right? Yes, I, I will be applying to the job.